0: Mark chapter 16, if you have your Bibles, uh, Mark chapter 16 today, and talking today about <clears throat> my hope, uh, my hope. You know, it's interesting, when you're talking about uh, uh, this world in which we live and how God Almighty created the heavens and the earth and uh incredible when you read back in the book of genesis and you read that god almighty created the heavens and the earth because sometimes we're in the midst of days today where there's just darkness all around us and dismal and we've really given up a lot of hope but it didn't start that way when you look back at the beginning in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth and he created adam and eve and he said man it is very good when he was talking about adam and eve and he placed them into the garden of eden and it was an incredible incredible place beyond what we can even begin to imagine Uh, when you're talking about the lion and the lamb being able to to sleep together or or or, or go out with the snakes and to be able to jump rope with snakes whatever it is I mean it was an incredible phenomenal place was the Garden of Eden but then in time Adam and Eve sinned against God and today we're living in a in a world that's broken by sin and because of the brokenness Because of the brokenness, we are suffering the consequences today. And when you look around the world today, we see a lot of people in despair. And I don't know where you are this morning, but maybe you're here and you may be in the midst of a really dark place today. You might be in the midst of despair, but I'm so grateful because we have a risen Savior. If Jesus Christ hasn't risen, we wouldn't have hope. But today we have a hope because of a risen Savior. Nonetheless, we do live life in a broken world. And a lot of times what we do is we try to do it. And go at it on our own. And so we see the consequences of what's happening in our world individually. We see people in the midst of addiction. We see families in the midst of divorces. And I don't know where you are this morning. But maybe you're here today and your family might be in the midst of really some shaky times. And you might be here with a smile on your face. But inside you're hurting. Can I tell you there's hope in Jesus Christ. But you got to come to Jesus Christ. you got to come His way and do things His way. A lot of times what we do is we live life on our own, in our own strength, and in our own direction, and doing things our way, because I don't really like God's way. But then at the end of the day, when it doesn't work out, we want to blame God. Don't hold God to promises He never made, or you find yourself in a really bad spot. But there's some darkness in our world. Maybe this morning there might be some here that are living life in the midst of darkness because of your own doing. Sometimes it's not because of your doing, but it's just simply because we're living life in a difficult world. There's diseases, there's death. And maybe even this morning, I know for a fact we have people in the midst of those things. And today I just want to tell you that there's hope because of Jesus Christ individually. We see the consequences on the national scale. We have a lot of div- division in our country. I don't want to go into all those details internationally. When you're looking at our world internationally, there's threats of wars and rumors of wars and World War Three and nuclear. And I believe that there's a lot of people in this world that are crying out today, is, is there hope? Is there is there hope for us in the broken world? And this morning, there is a hope for us. And our hope, the problem is oftentimes we misplace our hope and we put our trust in things where we ought not to trust. Our hope is not in who governs us. Our hope is not in a political party. It's not in the Republicans. It's not in the Democrats. It's not in a personality. Our hope is not in our financial situation. You know, we're in the midst of a day where it seems as though inflation is going out the roof, and it is, in fact, going out the roof. But at the end of the day, my hope is not in my money. Because money talks, and a lot of times it says, buy anyways. (laughs) But that's not where my hope is. My, my hope, my hope can't be in who governs us. My hope can't be in the laws that get passed. my hope can't be in technological advance, advancements. My hope is in Jesus Christ alone. And the only reason why we have hope in Jesus Christ is because he is alive. And the problem that we have in the world in which we live is that we're looking at Jesus Christ as if he's just another way, as if he is simply a way. But Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's not just one of the ways in which you choose. In fact, when you look at all the different religions of the world, Buddha lived and Buddha died and he's buried and he didn't raise from the dead. Confucius lived and he died. And he got buried, and he didn't get out of the grave. Muhammad lived, and Muhammad died, and Muhammad didn't get out of the grave. But Jesus Christ died and was buried in the grave, and three days later, he raised up, and he ascended to the right hand of the throne of God, and the Bible says that one day he's coming again. We have a hope because we have a risen Savior, and I am so thankful today to have a risen Savior. My hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in First Corinthians, we're going to get to Mark in a minute, but First Corinthians chapter 15, the Bible says beginning in verse number 3, for I delivered to you as of importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve, and it goes on to talk about how he appeared, we have a risen Savior. We have a hope. In fact, Jesus himself said it this way in John chapter number 10 and in verse number 10, he said, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And when we look around at this world, the thief is having a heyday in our world. But Jesus says, but I have come so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And my question to you this morning, and I want to ask a sincere question, would you be able today to describe your life as abundant? My life is abundant. Jesus said, I have come so that you might have life and might have it more abundantly. Our text today, Mark, over in the gospel of Mark chapter number 16. I don't know how that happened to me. I don't even have it marked off in my Bible. (laughs) Mark chapter number 16, beginning in verse number 1 and the bible says this when the sabbath was over mary magdalene and mary the mother of james and salome brought bought spices so that they might come and anoint him very early on the first day of the week they came to the tomb when the sun had risen they were saying to one another who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb looking up they saw that the stone had been rolled away although it was extremely large. Entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting at the right wearing a white robe, and they were amazed. And he said to them, Do not be amazed. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who has been crucified. He has risen. He's not here. Behold, here's the place where they laid him. But go and tell his disciples and Peter, He's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And they went out. Fled from the tomb for fear and trembling and astonishment had gripped them, and they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. And the text goes on from there. But today, just talking about a couple of scenarios in which people oftentimes lose hope in this world. One of them would be when we're in the midst of uncontrollable situations, sometimes our hope can disappear. Sometimes we're in the midst of difficult situations because of our own personal decisions. And in either case, Jesus Christ will meet you right where you are today. And that's where we're going this morning. First of all, the ladies were in the midst of an uncontrollable situation. The Bible says when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might come and anoint the body of Jesus Christ. And so they went and they said, man, here we are in the midst of a a, a day that I have placed all of my hopes and I placed all of my dreams in Jesus Christ. In fact, Mary Magdalene was delivered from seven demons. And they came and said, man, he died on the cross and we saw him when he was put into the grave. And they came because they were overwhelmed with love. But yet in the midst of this day, they weren't sure what they were going to find in fact i believe that they had lost hope jesus christ had told them i will die on a cross and i'm going to be buried for three days and on the third day i will raise again and yet they came looking for him in the tomb, in the grave. The hope was gone. And a lot of times when we're in the midst of situations that are beyond our control, we seem as though we've lost all hope. James chapter number 1, verse number 2, the Bible says it this way. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of various kinds, knowing that the testing of your faith will develop perseverance and let it have its way in you. Why? Because God's doing a great and mighty work. Sometimes Jesus Christ doesn't do what you expect Him to do. Sometimes He doesn't do what you expect Him to do. And if you're not careful, if you're not careful, sometimes we can hold grudges against God Almighty because He didn't do what I thought He was going to do the way I thought He was going to do it. Now that's not where these ladies were, but sometimes that's where we go. And God help us (coughs) understand that we need to be faithful even when we don't understand. These Ladies did what they did, and and, and they're going to the tomb. They were exhibiting their love. They were exhibiting their faithfulness. They were exhibiting their trust in who he was in their going because when you look at the job, first and foremost, that they were willing to do, they were willing to go and anoint the body of Jesus Christ, which was a stinky job. There are not many people volunteering for that job, but the ladies said, oh, we'll go, and we will do it. Not only was it a stinky job, it wasn't that anybody asked him to go, they initiated themselves. A lot of times what happens is we don't do anything unless somebody asks us to do it. God help us to be faithful in our fellowship of Jesus Christ. No matter where he goes, no matter what he does, no matter what's going on in our world, may we be found faithful. Nobody knew except for themselves. There was a love being exhibited through their faithfulness to him, even when they didn't understand what was going on and i'm grateful that they were faithful even in the midst of dark days anybody ever been in the midst of dark days i mean we've all been there where i don't know where jesus is i'm not sure if he knows where i am you ever been in that dark moment you know these ladies still exhibited love and the fact of the matter is you can serve without loving but you can't love without serving and there's a lot of people that say man I love Jesus I love Jesus but they never serve they were willing to get up early in the morning the Bible says very early on the first day of the week they came to the tomb why because they were longing to do to see Jesus Christ that's what we do when we love somebody or something do we not I mean I mean I think of I think of my relationship with my own wife I mean I remember back in the day when we first started out, man, I didn't get up early. I stayed up till early (laughs) because I wanted time. I I mean, the people that we love, we long to see. The people that we love, we want to see. We want to hear from them. We want to touch them. We want to be with them. The people we love, not just the people we love, but even the things i mean it 's ridiculous it 's crazy i mean we we, we we long for it I mean think about this this is in all sincerity uh yesterday yesterday i I watched on the uh, on the, on the TV there they they had the uh, red and black game, <clears throat> you know because the bulldogs beat the tide this year, but uh not to rub it in this morning but but uh I was watching the Georgia Bulldog football game in the spring. And it's like, man, I'm excited about the coming. And I thought about that, and I thought, man, I I think sometimes we get more excited about football season coming than we do Jesus Christ saying, hey, one day, I've gone to prepare a place for you, and I'm going to come again one of these days. We forgot that he said that. But the expectation, the longing, do 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 you love Jesus? That's where I'm going this morning. Do you really love Jesus Christ? You know, when you're talking about a love for Jesus Christ, it exhibits itself in a love for others. It exhibits itself in a love for the brethren, in fact, the Bible says. Do you, do you realize, do you, know, do you know that Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ and the church are not identical, but they're inseparable? Jesus Christ and the church, they're not identical, but they're inseparable. In other words, Saul, if you look to the book of Acts, Saul was persecuting the church, and on the road to Damascus, Saul had an encounter with Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Well, Saul never laid a finger on Jesus himself, but he touched the church. And there's a lot of people that say, man, I love Jesus. But you don't love the brethren. You say, oh, I love the brethren. Well, then why aren't you here? We all right this morning? 1 John chapter 4, verses 20 and 21. The Bible says, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar, for the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he's not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. You say, man, I, I love my brethren? Well, then good night. Show it. Do we love Jesus? These ladies had a love, and it showed itself, it revealed itself, and the job they were willing to do, the time they were willing to spend, and they weren't distracted by their devotion. In fact, the Bible says in verse number three, they weren't expecting to be able to get inside, but they weren't sure what they were going to do, but they came anyways. They were saying to one another, verse number three, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb?" You know, I, I thought about that, and I thought, how many times do we miss out because we're distracted by other things? These ladies could have easily said, you know what, there's a stone in, in, in the way, and, and what, 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 what good is it going to do us anyways? What, what good? Why, why not just lay out? I mean, what good is it going to do? They, they, they weren't distracted. They weren't, their, their devotion overcame their distraction is what it was. And you know what happened as a result? They heard the greatest message ever proclaimed. Hey, Jesus is alive. Jesus Christ is alive. And I think about that and I think, how many times, how many times do we get distracted? And Jesus might have a word of encouragement for you. Because you're in the midst of a difficult day. But here's what we do a lot of times. I'll get back to church when everything's okay. And you know what happens? We miss out on messages of encouragement. I'll get back there when I'm not distracted with the things going on in my life. And we miss out. You you know, I, I believe sometimes we miss out on a word that he has for us because of the days that are coming our way. Because I believe that God is the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's already been to my tomorrow, and He knows what I'm going to need when I get to tomorrow, and so He gives it to me, I believe, sometimes in advance, some stepping stones that I can stand on. And a lot of times we miss out on those things. And then we find ourselves in the midst of days that we don't understand, and we get frustrated and angry because where's God? And the fact of the matter is we walked away him. God help us. You know when you're talking about our life, our life is not found. When you're talking about the abundant life, the abundant life is not found in in, in external relationships. It's not found in riches. It's not even found in religion but it's found in Jesus Christ alone and him alone. And I'm thankful to have A risen savior because we have a risen savior i might find myself in the midst of days that i don't understand that i'm not sure but i'm still going to be faithful in the midst of it and as a result jesus met them right where they were And this morning you might be in the midst of a difficult day a dark day and i don't know what that might be for you but all i know is this because he lives he can meet you where you are today he can meet you where you are and he is all you need I mean, the Bible tells us over in Isaiah, in chapter 26 and verse number 3, He will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. In other words, the steadfast mind is when we fix our minds on Him. It's about perspective. And a lot of times what we do is we get ourselves in the midst of days that I don't understand and I feel like, man, where's Jesus Christ? When the fact of the matter is, He's right there. Just look to Jesus. Look to Jesus and he'll give you what you need in the midst of difficult days. I'm so grateful. Man, I'm telling you this morning, there have been difficult days. All of us have gone through difficult days. And we can share the testimony. We can testify and say, man, my God has been faithful. i admit met a risen Savior in the middle of my dark days. I mean, I love to tell the story. I love to tell the story. My wife, My wife, we were married, been married just a few months, five months. And after that, Bonnie got cancer. And she went through three different rounds of treatment. And there was a day when the doctors came into the room and said, hey, you've got three months to live, so you need to put your house in order. There's no hope for you. And we went home. And I can remember telling our parents and telling our friends, and finally one day Bonnie came to me and said, how are you going to be when this happens? Are you doing okay? And I'll never forget, I Got down on my knees with my wife beside the bed that night, and I prayed, and I said, God, I'm so thankful for the last two years. I'm the luckiest man on the planet. Thank you for my marriage. But God, this is your daughter. And if you're ready to take her home, I know you're not going to forsake me. I know you're not going to forget me. And it was there in that moment in the middle of our bedroom, in the middle of the night, that we began to sing, When peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. The only reason why that's even possible is because Jesus Christ is alive. He's alive and He will meet you in the midst of difficult days. Sometimes we find ourselves in the midst of those days because of our own decisions, because of our own makings. The Bible goes on to say in verse number 7, but go tell his disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. And it goes on from there. Because of personal decisions, sometimes we lose hope. And I don't know where you are this morning, but maybe you've made some bad decisions and you're here this morning and you feel like, man, God doesn't want to see me. And I'm telling you today, Peter would be declaring to you, oh, don't give up hope. Because he conquered death in the grave, we have a hope. You see, it was Peter. It's an interesting one because the Gospel of Mark is the only writer that tells us that there was an invitation given, and it included specifically Peter by name. Go tell the disciples and Peter. And Peter, and there's a reason for all that. But Peter, if you remember what happened with Peter, Peter only a few days before when Jesus Christ was sharing with them, hey, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, all of you guys are going to scatter. You guys are going to run away from me and leave me all alone. And if you remember Peter declaring and saying, hey, I'll never leave you. In fact, I will die for you. You remember the story? And Jesus said, oh, Peter, Peter, You're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. And sure enough, when Jesus Christ was being persecuted along the way, Peter was confronted. You're one of his followers. He said, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I would never follow him. And the rooster crowed, And the Bible says that Peter began to weep. Uncontrollable tears, sobbing. Why? He was a part of the inner circle. He walked on water with Jesus Christ. He saw Jesus Christ feed thousands. He saw Jesus Christ raise a dead man to life. He saw Jesus take a man who couldn't walk and let him walk again, who couldn't see and let him see again, who couldn't hear let him hear again and yet in that moment Peter denied him three times and he began to weep bitterly have you ever been in a moment in your life when you've blown it and you felt like I understand that God is love but I've blown it so bad I don't think he can love me you ever been there that's where Peter was Peter disqualified himself from ministry. I believe Peter disqualified himself. Had they not singled him out on the invitation, the invitation would have come. In fact, if it would have come come from man, you know what it would have said? They'd have said, hey, go tell the disciples, hey, but don't invite Peter. (laughs) But because Jesus Christ is alive, he said, hey, go tell the disciples and Peter. Why? Because Peter needed to know, I still love you. I still love you, Peter, and there's still a hope for you. In fact, the matter is, somewhere along the way, Peter had a meeting with Jesus Christ in private. The Bible says, in fact, in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, we read it just a moment ago. The Bible says he was raised, and after that he appeared to Cephas and the twelve, and after that he appeared to more than 500 brethren. In other words, there was some kind of a meeting that took place with Peter. And I believe it was a meeting similar to the prodigal son where Peter, no doubt, was looking at the ground. You know how you do. When you're overwhelmed with guilt because of my failures. And he was looking at the ground and Jesus came to him and said, Peter, Peter. And you know the Bible says in Psalm 3 and in verse number 3 that he's the lifter of our heads. You know what that means? That means when I'm overwhelmed with my personal guilt and I can't lift my head because I'm embarrassed that he'll lift my head and that's what he did with Peter he forgave him and he restored Peter and Peter Peter took what God gave him and his experiences and he extended to John Mark an opportunity of restoration when you're talking about how it works we have a God who didn't come to condemn us but to restore us. He came to redeem us. John chapter three, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God sent his son into this world not to condemn the world, not to just say, hey, you messed up, but that the world through him might be saved. And because Jesus Christ conquered death in the grave, Peter had a moment of restoration. And this morning, I'm grateful to God. When you're talking about what God can do with broken people, look through scriptures. God uses broken people to do mighty and amazing work. You know, Moses in the Old Testament, when you start looking back through the personalities, people in scripture, Moses was one in the Old Testament. Moses was guilty of murder. And yet he used him to deliver his people in a mighty, mighty way. David David was guilty of murder and adultery, and yet David was used in a mighty way to write the Psalms to encourage our hearts even to this day. Paul, who was a persecutor of the church. I mean, he was a terrorist, destroying and attacking Christians, and yet he met a risen Savior, and he changed his life, and as a result, we have over half of the New Testament that God used him, and in our story today, Peter, Peter was one who failed miserably, and yet God took him and restored him to ministry, and the only reason he could do that is because Jesus Christ conquered death and the grave, and he's alive today, and I don't know where you are this morning, but I'm telling you, God knows exactly where you are, and exactly all that you have done, and the Bible tells us that his grace is greater than all of my sin, I had a meeting with somebody this not long ago. And in conversation, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe that God is love. And I can understand it, and I can see him dying on the cross for people like, and I'm just telling you what was told to me. I can see that he would die on the cross for people like Billy Graham or people like you, but he wouldn't die for somebody like me. Do you know what the Bible says? God demonstrated his love for us and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't come to die for good people. He came to die for his enemies, and that's who we were before the cross of Jesus Christ. And this morning, because we have a risen Savior, there's hope for you. Jesus Christ loves you, laid down his life for you on the cross. He conquered death and the grave, and he's alive today. Hey, the Bible says it like this. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've been walking through the Beatitudes on Sunday mornings, and, and, and the very first Beatitude, you go, what's a Beatitude? blessed, blessed, to be blessed. And a lot of times when we talk about being blessed, we think of all these material things in this world. Man, I'd be blessed if I had the right house. I'd be blessed if I had the right clothes. I'd be blessed if I had the right car. In fact, when we get those things, we get our signs on It says blessed on there. And in fact, the matter is, that's not the blessings of God. It's wonderful to have those things. Jesus said... Hey, blessed are the poor in spirit. You're really blessed if you understand how desperately wicked your heart is before God Almighty. What a blessing. And the problem is, a lot of folks never get to that point. Why does he say it's such a blessing? Because until I understand my need for a Savior... I'll never be saved. I've got to understand, I have sinned against God Almighty. And when we talk about the cross and when we talk about the blood, there was a high price that had to be paid. And Jesus Christ is my substitute. That's why he went to the cross. It should have been me. It should have been you. All of us have sinned. He who knew no sin became sin. He took my place, and he took your place. And there comes a moment in life when you have to understand, man, I'm condemned. Guilty. Guilty. I'm a sinner before God. But the question is, what are you doing about that? What are you doing about that? Have you trusted in the risen Savior? Have you trusted in Jesus Christ? The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And there has to come a point in life when we recognize I'm saved by grace through faith and it's not by my works. What does that mean? That means I can go to church till the cows come home, but if I've never repented of my sin and received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I'm going to hell. I can try all I want to. I can try to be as good as I can be, but the fact of the matter is we are stained by sin. And nothing can cleanse our sin except for the blood of Jesus Christ. Exclusivity of the gospel, one way to be saved. And one day, the Bible says, it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. One day we will meet Jesus. We're going to meet the risen Savior one day face to face. And the question is simply this, what have you done with the gift that's been given to you? Have you received it or have you rejected it? Oh, oh, we're guilty. But do you understand you're guilty? And if you do today, we have a risen Savior. And he will meet you right where you are. The Bible says, if we call, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If there's never been a time in your life when you haven't called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm inviting you to today. You don't wait. You don't wait. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. You respond when the Spirit of God moves in our hearts. And this morning, if you've never called on His name, I'm inviting you to call on His name. Jesus loves you. He died for you. He conquered death in the grave, and He's alive today. We have a risen Savior, and the Bible tells us that He went to the right hand of the throne of God, and He said, I've gone to prepare a place for you, and one day I'm coming again. Are you ready for that day? Are you ready? Call on his name. Would y'all do me a favor this morning and join me for a time of prayer? We're going to pray this morning and after we pray, singing a song and when the song is over, there's an invitation being given, and you can respond even now. Even now. Man, if you hear this morning, the Holy Spirit of God's knocking on the door of your heart, I'm inviting you, I'm encouraging you. Hey, hey, don't put that off. Won't you open yourself up to Him today? Oh, you can do that where you are. just repeat with me. You repeat with me. Dear God, I know that I have sinned. But I believe that you sent your son, Jesus, into this world. And that when he died on the cross, he paid the price for my sins. And God, I believe that He was buried, but I believe that he raised from the dead. And I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. And I want you to come into my life. And I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my Savior. And from this day forward, oh God, I'm yours. I'm yours. Hey, listen, this morning, if you're here and you've prayed that prayer, we would love to rejoice with you, to pray with you, to encourage you. After we sing this song, we're going to have folks down front want to pray with you, greet you. I'm inviting you to come today. Come today. Father, this morning I thank you for loving us. God, I thank you that in your time you came into this world and took on flesh. We're born in the little town of Bethlehem. And God, we're so mindful. Of the price you paid, God, that you took my place on that cross. God, that you endured persecution. Even beyond our mind's comprehension. And Lord Jesus, you willingly laid down your life and were crucified on the cross. But God, today we're celebrating because you're alive. (laughs) A risen Savior. Thank you, God, for giving us hope. Lord Jesus, today I pray that you search our hearts, search our minds. Oh God, have your way today. Thank you for this moment. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.